John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John, it's a rainy, rainy High Gang podcast today. It is. It's pretty rainy out there. Yeah, that's okay. I drove up. Your delicate sensibilities can't exactly. handle that. Exactly. I couldn't be here all moldy and misty and that's right. whatnot. Where are we recording from, John? Beautiful, rainy, West Seattle, Washington. Love it. What do we talk about? We talk about guitars and all kinds of stuff. Basses. Basses. Amps. Amps. Effects pedals. Pedals. This bass, I'm going to say this is a bass guitar you're holding. Yes. It's maybe the fewest strings of any instrument we've ever covered. Are you sure about that? We've covered things that have no strings. I guess we have. So that kind of falls into that camp. Two is not a lot of strings. Not a lot of strings. Well, what we're going to be talking about today is pretty crappy. Oh, no. We're going to be talking about crappy guitars. Okay. That is spelled with a K. Oh. And is a brand name. Oh, okay. It's not an adjective. No, it is a capital K brand name, probably trademarked, probably enforced by the feds. The man. Yeah, but guess what else? What? The guy who makes these? Yeah. Is on the horn. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, Kevin Siebold of Crappy Guitars, are you there? Am I here? I am here. He's here. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. Where are you coming to us from? Well, I right now am in North Carolina. The business was started actually in New Jersey, which I know one of you guys has some sort of a connection to. (laughs) Now I'm in eastern North Carolina where we get whacked with hurricanes on occasion, but now it's beautiful and sunny. So too bad about you and your horrible rain situation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we say it rains all the time here just to keep people away. Let me show you what I got here, Ed. Yeah. This is a two-string bass. Okay. (laughs) 
beverages. That's right, Ed. That was the intro to the beverages segment. On two strings. On two strings, yeah. That's all you need. Guy like you, two's more than enough. I'm thinking you enjoyed the general mediocrity of that. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was great. Mr. Seabold, what are you drinking? Well, you know, it seems you guys have a fetish for hydration. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I was fully hydrated. And I know because hydration is such an important part of your program, you might even want to add that to your title. Oh. High gain hydration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do have two beverages. One is a coffee and the other is water. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That's the perfect combination. A little caffeine. A little H2O. Love it. That sounds wise. I also have a coffee and a water, but my water is in a can, and it's from Aurora Bora. It's Cactus Rose Herbal Sparkling Water. Oh, that sounds ridiculous. What is that? It's got owls on the cover of it. It's kind of a desert hydration thing. Because you need to stay hydrated in the desert, I guess. So the imagery is meant to make you feel thirsty, and then the solution is right there in your hand. I'm doing it. Is it flavored like some sort of cactus rose? I've never had cactus roses, but I'm <laughs> going to say yes. And it's sparkling. I guess that's all right. What about you? Well, I also have coffee mm -hmm. and water. I have bubbly, or as we like to say, buble. Sure. Lime-flavored water. Okay. Yeah. I think we did a great job. Kevin? I'm all about your hydration, and that is fantastic. It's like the high-gain hydration hour. I just like to do <laughs> gut checks and make sure the guests think I'm doing okay. The rest of it won't matter. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a sound. Did you hear that? Yep. Yeah. That was me patting you on the back. Oh. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That is exactly what I need. That's what he needs yes. to hear. Well, the thing that strikes most people that look at these crappy guitars is that they are made with seemingly common materials and they are very low frills. This one, as we mentioned, is shaped like a Thunderbird, but it's smaller body size. It's a neck all the way through, one pickup, and looks like aluminum bridge and tailpiece. And that's about all there is to it. What got you started with these? Well, that model in particular, which is to say the punk bass or the punk rod, which is the guitar equivalent of it, came about as a result of a very long quest for a higher quality instrument, but I can discuss that later. In particular on the punk instruments, more often than not, as I had discovered over my many years of playing the guitar, a lot of rock and a lot of punk and a lot of metal really only uses two strings, so why all that waste? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're playing a power chord on a guitar or you're thumping away on a bass, you're really only using one or two strings, you know. For sure. I don't want to doubt the intelligence of anyone in the punk community, but do you really need all six? No. <laughs> Clearly not. Two strings in the truth, Ed. That's what we're all about here at The High Gain. You make these guitars and basses in an endless variety of shapes and kind of materials, but you do emphasize how humble this instrument is. I'm going to quote from your manifesto. Oh my gosh. Have you read the manifesto, Ed? I haven't. It says, our instruments are built for frugal people who aren't very concerned with quality, construction, <laughs> materials, or safety. Perfect. The instruments are crafted from whatever we find suitable. The pedigree of the wood is not a priority for us. If you are intrigued enough to purchase, we will provide you with a complete history for your instrument. Oh. The history might be akin to this. Wood, leftover two-by-fours. 
strings used about three years ago on an old guitar. Pickups, some bunch of crap we snagged from some guy. <laughs> and electronics, whatever we can scrounge up. It ends this way, Ed, with a little warranty. Yeah. There is no warranty, expressed or implied. We fully acknowledge our product is crap, and your purchase signifies that you have entered into an agreement to buy a product that is lacking in quality, <laughs> contains poor materials, and is worthy of much abuse and destruction. We will in no way provide any customer service, so don't even waste your time. Awesome. Truth in advertising is sorely missing these days. And that sounds above reproach to me. Right. But this thing does look pretty solid. What is the wood on that? Do you know? Like the back of it, John? It looks like maybe some pine on the back there. Okay. I don't really know. Yeah. Kevin? That's a good question. Is it a very, very dark wood? That might have been wangy on top. No, not particularly dark. I guess, who cares? You don't that, need to know that. Either. Right, exactly. Do you <laughs> have a belief that the tone wood matters? Do you think just grabbing a palette is going to make this thing sound worse than using some super fancy wood? Well, let's put it to you this way. In my experience, it really comes down to the strings and the pickups since it's an electric instrument. There are plenty of people out there who will roundly and soundly disagree, and those people are welcome to disagree. I have not encountered it. I have made an instrument completely out of aluminum, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I sound the same on that instrument as I do on an instrument made of wood. I can't hear a discernible difference. Yeah. The great thing here at the High Gain Central is you're not going to get disagreement, I think, from either of us. No. And by the time we get around to doing all the kind of pedals that we like to do anyway, yeah, it's not really going to matter. Listen to this, Ed. through a synthesizer pedal. That doesn't sound like a palette to me. Presidents of the United States of America? Yeah. Did he play a two or did he have three strings no, on I his think bass? he had two. But I mean, think of the overhead. Oh. Every time Tuning. you play a gig, you have to take the rest of the strings off. <laughs> <laughs> this one, custom built, two. The neck is only as wide as is required for two strings. That's awesome. And you do ones with one string. Yeah, I have some one strings, but the main reason I even started building anything in the first place was because I was a Chapman stick player. And when the Chapman company came out with a 12 string version, I was very excited, but the price tag on that was a little bit out of my range. I had a bunch of kids at the time, so wow, I wasn't going to be able to afford that. I used to work in a wheelchair shop, made custom wheelchairs. And during my lunch break, I said, well, you know what? Let me see what I can do about making something of my own. So I manufactured an instrument very similar to the one that I wanted, which was expensive. And I made it for as little money as I could possibly make it for. And it worked. It wasn't the best thing I had ever made in my life. But what I ended up doing was selling that off and then making another one and improving on the product. We've noticed on all of your YouTube videos, you tend to play something akin to the Chapman stick. Sometimes the number of strings differs, but you are extremely accomplished on that thing. Is that an exceedingly difficult instrument to learn? 
you're not going to find many teachers for it. That's one uh, negative thing about it. But if you're a self-starter and you're able to take your musical experience from another instrument, such as I did, you know, I had been playing guitar for about six years before I picked up the touch style instruments. At the time, you know, the flavor of the day was Eddie Van Halen and tapping and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, the more fingers I could get on strings, I felt I'd have an advantage because if I can be frank, guitar players are really a dime a dozen and really, really good guitar players are even more prevalent now due to the YouTube age and kids sitting in their bedrooms becoming monsters. So at least at that point in my life, I said, I may never excel at the guitar, but I doubt anybody's going to play something like this. So that's why I kind of edged that way. Because the podcast medium is generally voices. What you missed is when you said, oh, I'd been playing for six years, John and Ed both shot our faces to each other like, holy shit, because your videos are bonkers. We've seen some of the videos when you work with the full jazz combo playing guitar. That's only six years worth of playing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I misspoke. I had been playing guitar from the time I was a child for six years oh. <laughs> before I started playing a touch style instrument. There we go. Gotcha. Got it. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this before the show. I just can't even grok the ability to do the rhythm lines and then the melody lines with different hands. It blows me away. You rarely even look down at the instrument. I'm like, okay, this guy's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the robot comment. I am flesh. <laughs> I do make a heck of a lot of mistakes. Matter of fact, I played a gig last night and I looked at my fingers a lot. So I don't want you to feel like I'm some kind of Mensa genius or something. I'm really an idiot <laughs> who just happened to be filmed at the right moment. When you play gigs these days, are you doing it exclusively touch instruments or do you break out the guitar from time to time? Uh, about 40 minutes at the beginning, I'll play touch style. Then I'll do another 40 where I play some guitar and I'll do some singing. I can't sing and play touch style at the same time because that is just way too much going on. That would be a lot. If I could do that, then I would probably get a set of cymbals for my kneecaps and then <laughs> attach a bass drum beater to my butt and dance around and do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> On the guitar manufacturing front, it seems like you've kicked out quite a few. Is crappy your gig at this point? Yeah, it is. And I need to explain something about the volume of work that I've had. Typically, I would make maybe five or six instruments a month, and they would vary. Some of them would be touch-style instruments with very, very many strings, and some would be maybe what you have in your hand, the punk instrument there with two strings. And then I got an order from a guy in Texas and he said, oh, I'd like such and such an instrument. And he wanted a two string bass. And lo and behold, my wife and I were sitting having some coffee in the morning and she does my social media stuff. And she says, oh, looks like you might get some uptick in orders because some guy put up a video. Well, turns out this guy's video went viral. And at this stage, I have almost coming up to 540 people on a waiting list. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> His video came out and orders started flooding in. And I realized I did not want to be one of those guys who takes your money and holds on to it for a couple of years before you get anything. So I shut the door after 79 orders and one left over. You know, this is also prior to Christmas. This guy put out the video November 12th or so. His name is Patrick Hunter. He was effusive in his love for the instrument, and that was great, and it was nice, but he ruined my life. 
<laughs> Curse you, Patrick Hunter. What's the leftover? Oh, the leftover. Well, there's another somewhat well-known figurehead. Davey 504 is a uh, YouTube sensation with about 10 jillion followers, and he's been goaded and goaded and goaded over these years to get an instrument that was absolutely outlandish. And so he reached out to me well over a year ago, and he now has a 69-string bass. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, it is currently in transit on its way to Italy. Oh, my God. He's commissioned a lot of work for me in the past, but this is it. I'm never doing anything for him again. How many pickups are on that thing? Oh, good question. It's either nine or 11. I forget how many <laughs> I ended up putting on there. <laughs> wow. How much does it weigh? Well, the entire boxed weight was 45 pounds. <laughs> The thing is about the Davy 504 69 string bass <laughs> is that I would walk into the shop and stare at it and say, not today and not today and not today. Uh, it just kept going like that. And then I would get other work coming in and I would say, okay, well, I can spend a few hours doing this and get something done, or I could stare at this thing and hate my life. So what I ended up doing was delaying and only working on it very sporadically. And now after everything else was done, I said, okay, I really have to commit to doing this. So I finally finished it up. 79 in five months. That's crazy. And a backlog of 500 some odd. That feels like a great problem to have. Well, it's a great problem to have. You're right about that. I just wondered how many of those 500 some people will actually commit, you know, in the interim of time, there's been financial downturns for some people. Mm. I understand that perfectly. Sure. Some of the instruments that you've reviewed, that's how they left my ownership. I had to sell them in order to pay the mortgage, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. The nice thing on this is you get a really cool instrument for a very low price. This was 150 bucks. Man. Plus shipping. Oh, gosh. How do you not do it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You have such a variety of shapes that you do. It almost seems to confound any notion of production line. How do you start? Are there parts that are standardized? I have certain platforms. So if somebody said, I want a two-string punk bass, it's got three staves of neck and it's a neck through. Yeah. So the nice thing about that is you can slap any sort of body wings on there and... Uh. That platform allows me to have as many body shapes as somebody can come up with. The hardware, how much of it are you sourcing and how much of it are you making? I noticed the tailpiece is like kind of flat bar aluminum, two screw holes, and then two holes for the strings. Is that a thing you make or you get them somewhere? I get the aluminum from a supplier and I chop it up. And there's a local hardware store near me that sells 3.8 aluminum round stock that I use for the bridges. I drill and tap those and put some adjustment screws in there. And lo and behold, that's my high-tech hardware. I'm on the base stick. And like you said, the platform, they're kind of all the same. Right. But there's got to be, what, two or 300 different shapes you've built? Well, yeah, some of them I keep templates for. So somebody will say, oh, I want this, and it'll be something common. Let's say somebody says, I want a Jaguar style or the Thunder Bass style, as you have. Sure. I have a template for that. But there are some weirdos out there. Like, there's one guy, he said, oh, my cat died. 
I want a base shaped like my cat. So <laughs> he sent me a picture of his cat. <laughs> I had to come up with something for that. This is actually a real dilemma, and I may have to rethink this, but I've had people come up and say, oh, I want the base that looks like a cat. Oh, People think it's a regular production model, and I have to tell them, well, listen, this was special for him, and I don't ever want to repeat it. <laughs> You've got a base shaped like the Batman symbol. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing about that one. I got contacted by a guy from the UK, and he said, one of my clients is really into Batman, and he would like a bass guitar shaped like this. So I built it for him. Well, it turns out this guy runs a program for either mentally challenged or autistic folk in Great Britain. They have a rock band called I Love Thunder, and they tour around and play at various charity events and stuff like that. And so he's playing this bass wow. all over the place. And I've noticed on a couple of their photographs that maybe they don't respond to dot markers or anything like that. But rather than having to read music, they'll take colored pieces of tape. So instead of playing a G, he plays an orange note or something like that. Oh, oh right. It's pretty interesting. Speaking of the frets and the markers, I notice on the side of this neck, there are no dot markers, only holes that look like they were drilled into the side of the fretboard. Is that just cost cutting? I would say it's cost cutting, but it's got nothing to do with cost. It's got everything to do with my laziness, which is to say, <laughs> I don't want to spend time doing things that are ornate, such as binding. I don't feel like filling things in. So really what I did was I sat down with a torch and a rusty nail. <laughs> I heat up the rusty nail until it's red hot, and then I burn a hole in the side. <laughs> That's why it's all depressed like that. <laughs> Now, I have customers who have come back and said that they wanted to do something a little different. So they came along and put some nail polish in the hole or, you know, filled it up with wood filler so that it was more visible. But if you really have to look at your hands playing a punk bass, you really shouldn't be owning a punk bass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can't be bothered filling in holes. 10-4. Love it. Let's hear what this thing sounds like. I'm going to take everything off, give our listeners a sense of the straight skinny. Sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. One pickup, one volume knob. What kind of pickup is this, Kevin? This is a pickup of Asian origin. I get them from a company and they send them to me in packages of 10. It's supposed to be like an EMG sort of thing. It looks like an EMG, but it's really just a cheap knockoff. Not active. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to throw it out there. Don't, don't be saying that, Ed. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, the eagle-eyed among our viewers, Ed, will notice, perhaps, maybe, yeah, yeah, that our man Kevin has a similar accent to mine. Oh, sure. That is because he's from the homeland, New Jersey. Is that where you learned how to play guitar first, Kevin? Indeed it was. In the fourth grade in typical suburban New Jersey, they would give you an instrument and you take it home and you mess around with it for a while and then they try and rope you into a contract. So I took home a clarinet and I hated it and it made me dizzy. 
But my friend had a viola. Ooh, that was the coolest thing in the world. Mom, 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 Jimmy got a viola. I want to get a viola. And she knew better than that. She didn't want me scratching away on something like that. So my wonderful mother, don't ask me how she knew, but she just said, okay, but I'm going to get you a guitar and you're going to take guitar lessons from your sister's brownie troop leader. (laughs) This woman, she was a wonderful starting teacher. So I took some lessons with her and then from there went on to take lessons at a local shop. Eventually, you went to the jazz side of things. Did you study? I did study, but I was a lousy student. I didn't learn well. I am still learning, and I am not the player that many people are today. And it amazes me when I see young kids ripping And I think, oh, boy, now if I had spent my time more wisely and eaten my Wheaties, I think I'd be in better shape. I've spent quite a bit of time looking at your page, clicking on all the individual models. What would you say is the most popular one? What do most people get? Since my bitter enemy Patrick Hunter put out his viral video, it's been the (laughs) two-string bass. I say that tongue-in-cheek because he really did me a good service, and he really did say some nice things about me. So when I say he ruined my life... In the best possible way. Yeah, he augmented my life in a way I had not expected at that time. What was behind flat-out doing it to begin with? What informed the decision to say, yeah, okay, I can start producing these things. I'm going to do it. I'm going to set up in the garage and go ahead and do it. Well, anybody can get a Stratocaster. You can go down to Walmart at times and they'll have a guitar pack around Christmas and you could probably bring that home to your kid. And it's maybe 150, 200 bucks and they've got an amplifier and a guitar. So I said, well, there's no sense of me trying to make a regular guitar because everybody can get that. Yeah. What don't people have? People don't have an idiot instrument. (laughs) (laughs) idiots need idiot instruments and i say that lovingly because i've played a two-string on a gig and it's a lot of fun because it's a challenge all those notes i thought i had they're now in a different place now i have to run around the neck i have to find stuff i have to use my brain for a change should i put on some oh gosh prohibitive fuzz yeah It just really holds up to that kind of noise. Anybody can do it. Yeah. Do you know if there's very much of a market for parents buying these for their kids? Because it does seem like you could start on a two-string and figure out, you know, EA. It's an accessible way to get a kid into it. Yeah. Very true. And my kids did start that way. Now, of course, they're playing many more strings. At some point during uh, church service, we said, okay, we'll get up and we'll play. And so we did a tune. They were playing two-string instruments, and that was their earliest exposure to playing an instrument in public. They kept up with it, and they enjoy it. Now they're playing six strings, much to my chagrin. (laughs) Perfect. Do you ever get the desire to actually go out and make something really ornate and fancy? Not crappy? Yeah, like not crappy. I would expect that you guys are at least of a similar vintage and... We had shop class. Yes. In middle school, in the seventh and eighth grade, we had uh, metal shop and wood shop. I had Mr. Moran. Okay. (laughs) So you remember the guy's name. Yeah. So that's my experience. I did not have industrial arts in high school. I did not go on that track. I went on a college track. 
in retrospect, I would have stuck with it and done industrial arts. But my education on any tools ended there. Everything else is going to come out looking like the product of a guy with a seventh and eighth grade industrial arts education. <laughs> I've got friends down here in North Carolina who are bona fide guitar makers and their stuff looks fantastic, but I can't approach that because I don't have the time or the desire. When does that list open back up? If you email me today, you will be number 548. <laughs> 548 and 549. Perfect. How long have you been doing this as a full-time kind of thing? Yeah, when did you fire it up? Well, the first time that I sold one of them off in an online fashion was 2004. Oh. I don't know that the company was born then, but I would say that my first time with an online presence would have been around then. I just noticed there is zero branding on this guitar. That's not true. No? There is a piece of wood on here that acts as a thumb rest. Yep. That is embossed with the word crap. I was looking at the headstock. I didn't see that the thumb rest had that. Oh, yeah, that's great. I guess I have a little bit of a bone to pick with the thumb rest. Oh. Who's playing punk bass with their fingers? Well, here's what you didn't know about, and I'm <laughs> going to give this to you straight. If you're really punk... You're going to use your fingernails to pull that thing off and use it as a pick. You got to try it. Try and decide. Is it hello or goodbye? Goodbye or goodbye? I think, Ed, yeah. we're both a buy on this, right? Oh, yeah. 10,000%. Yeah. Actually, the touch instrument, I'm super oh. interested in just trying one of those. I could have that and try to figure out how to play Jingle Bells or something. <laughs> jingle Bells. <laughs> you know, something. <laughs> I could do that, maybe. Would you just go straight punk rocker? I think I'd go punk rock. This thing has been so fun. The YouTube channel, Crappy Guitars and Crappy Guitars on Instagram. Not only do you get to see these great guitars, you get to see Kevin playing these touch instruments, and he's better than he leads on, everybody. How do you think we did? Uh, oh. Backpats? <laughs> uh, I felt them. Perfect. Kevin, it's been very great, great of you to spend some time with us talking about these instruments, and I would tell anybody, get on the list. doesn't matter how long it is. You need to be on the list. For sure. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you for reaching out to me, and I was glad we were able to connect. I don't know whether I'll do more of this sort of thing. <laughs> I've had conversations with people face-to-face. -face. I've had conversations with people on uh, the phone, but I don't believe I've ever talked straight to my computer, ever. We have that effect on people. Hard pass on podcasting. Yeah. Where can people find us, John? Oh, we're everywhere. Also, at The High Gain on Instagram. Yeah. Our website is thehighgain.com. Mm-hmm. Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. And we're going to have plenty of pictures of this thing up there, this crappy bass, this punk bass two-string wonder. Yeah, we'll probably also be on that Ruinous Network. We are on the Ruinous Network of music podcasts. Those guys are great. They make this happen for us. Yep. So until next time, Ed. I think we did a great job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see you. Bye. Bye.